0: This is Lost or Found with Dr. Michelle Choi, the podcast where we think about how we can live healthier, happier, and more fulfilled lives. And now, Dr. Michelle Choi. Hi, hello, welcome. We have a fun show today as Jonathan Miller and I literally stand around his kitchen island and eat different ferments and beans. For great and amazing poop, of course. You know, I love to discuss anything that adds to our health. Great poop definitely adds to the quality of one's life. And well, we have to work for it. And it's worth it. Because oftentimes, good and regular poop is a sign of one's overall health. I'm really excited to have Jonathan Miller back on the show. His prior episode, Healthful Eating, was so fun, and well, I had to invite him back. He's a personal chef cooking for clients in the Central Coast area. He has been cooking healthful, vegetable-forward, and seasonal food for over 15 years, and less healthful, but still tasty food for even longer than that. Though he claims his favorite bean is the good Mother stallard bean, It's actually impossible to have a favorite since almost all beans are delicious. Welcome back to the show, Jonathan. It's really nice to see you again.
1: Oh, thank you for coming. It's so great. This is super exciting.
0: This is really exciting. (laughs) Like, I kind of feel like Oprah, you know, like not (laughs) sitting.
1: This is your Oprah moment right here.
0: (laughs) It is, and being able to taste and eat food (laughs) as my stomach growls.
1: Yeah, we should set the scene. Mm -hmm. Michelle's standing over our island here in the kitchen, and she's looking at some cooked bean products and over half a dozen types of ferments.
0: That is so cool. On the side note, I just wanted to say, considering how much you cook, I can't believe how clean your kitchen is. Well, it seems um, like a miracle though, you know, Don't,
1: like I say, don't look too closely, but (laughs) (laughs) no, we, I mean, that's part of it. But as I tell my kids, you should be cleaning as you go Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as much as feasibly possible, because especially when you're cooking as many things as I cook, Mm -hmm. I mean, you could just be overwhelmed.
0: So you don't let it pile. You do it as you go.
1: I have to. I have to. Also, there's things I'm reusing. Like I only have, you know, two of two or three pots this size. Mm-hmm. But if I if I need them, if, if it's done with, if I have a piece of food in there, but I need to use the pot, then I've got to get the food out, pack it up, clean the pot and get going. So there's a certain amount of practicality mm-hmm. in, in, involved, but it's mostly that you don't want to be overwhelmed at the end. Most yeah. people get tired when they cook. Mm-hmm. And then looking at a big pile of shit that you just, <laughs> like you got every dish out and yeah. it's now sitting on your counter.
0: It can make you angry. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like the menop- <laughs> perimenopausal or menopausal woman coming out,
1: you know? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you don't want to do that. So <laughs> just, and it usually only takes a couple of seconds, like, because you're only mm-hmm. cleaning, like, one or two things at a time. Yeah. Instead of a pile of stuff. So I'm done with this, this pot or this bowl and this utensil, I clean it up, and mm-hmm. put it aside to dry. And then, of course, I have teenagers, so. When there's a pile of clean dishes that have dried over there, guess who gets to do that?
0: <laughs> do they get money for it?
1: No way. <laughs> that's, no, that's part of living.
0: Dude, the lighting in here is amazing, too.
1: Oh, yeah, we're lucky. It's like huh? so pleasant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good we're doing it now. In the mm-hmm. late afternoon, the sun will be shining right in on us and it'll be hot. So wow. we're, we're doing it at the what right What
0: mountains are we looking at right now?
1: Those are just part of the Santa Cruz Mountains. That's in Aptos. So mm-hmm. we're staring out. At um so we you're looking at a little so the valley is formed by by Valencia Creek right down mm-hmm. here and then this ridge separates us from Trout Gulch.
0: Oh wow so it's just a
1: small ridge. We're not we're not too far up, so um, but it is beautiful, huh?
0: Yeah, it is very, very special here. It is. Thank it, you for inviting me.
1: Old. Oh thanks, it's gonna be super fun.
0: So what do we um, have here then? Oh what my should gosh. we do first?
1: I don't know. Let's uh, let's taste some ferments first. Cool. So we've talked about fermented foods a whole bunch. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a big thing for me. And I love getting more and more people eating fermented foods because it's so healthy and it's so good. We I mean, we don't even I don't think we even know all the great things that fermented foods mm-hmm. do for us in our bodies because it's almost impossible to study except that you will feel it yourself Mm -hmm. or you'll even notice it. So, um, like, let's say you have a a medical condition that you're challenged with and part of your way of dealing with it is uh, changing your diet and incorporating a fermented food might actually help a certain Mm -hmm. type of fermented food, for example, might help with blood sugar, might help with, um, inflammatory issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's certainly uh, a phenomenal thing for your gut microbiome because these things are just loaded. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you feel like it could be any type or, you know, is there a certain type for something? You know?
1: Well, it's any type of fermented food is mm-hmm. going to be loaded with great mm-hmm. gut flora building stuff. Uh, certain foods might be more exciting or more applicable for certain things that you're trying to target, for example, but um, it's all going to be really good for you if it's naturally fermented. Mm
0: -hmm. It's exciting, you know, it looks like hell, but you know, I can tell.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's gonna be some pretty funky (laughs) smells. So and you know, these are some of these things are old. So Mm. like the empty part of the jar is you know dry and Uh with old vegetables caked on it but the ferment that's down at the bottom Mm -hmm. is still really tasty. but even the
0: stuff at top could be like medicine itself at this point right it's still good and
1: i mean unless you see weird stuff growing on it
0: Mm -hmm. then
1: it's still delicious i mean this one i think this is my oldest kimchi
0: wow this is
1: over a year and a half old and
0: is that napa cabbage in
1: there this is um tokyo turnips Mm -hmm. um Hailstone radish mm-hmm. is how I've seen it in the Korean cookbooks called. It's a small turnip. Uh, actually, they can get to be quite big, but they're harvested small. And with the tops, the beautiful green tops, and they're, it's all kimchi together with a whole bunch of yeah. other stuff too. But that's what this one is. It's one of my favorites.
0: It's interesting because it kind of looks so darker and it almost looks a little bit like mud, you know?
1: Thank you. That's... <laughs> um, hmm. <laughs> I never Which thought of it that it's way. it's healthy for you. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to open that one for her. <laughs> no, it's really good. Um, yeah, it's a darker, rich, mm-hmm. very rich tasting kimchi. and uh, But like, like you said, you're talking about the stuff on the top. Yeah. I mean, that's a year and a half. Mm-hmm. It's still good.
0: Yeah. It's
1: still, it's still working. It's still changing and growing.
0: So do you include fermented foods in your diet yeah. every single day?
1: My kids have to have a little ramekin at breakfast, yeah.
0: Okay. So, yes. Mm-hmm. My
1: wife does not have to because I'm not her boss.
0: but <laughs> do you include it every meal or just once a day sort of thing? Once a day. Okay.
1: Usually at breakfast time because that's sort of when I feel like I have the most mm-hmm. control over my children still. It's when they're sitting tired at the breakfast table.
0: It's their multivitamin, right? <laughs>
1: that's exactly.
0: That's yeah. a great idea. Mm-hmm.
1: So And they almost always pick um, the most mild ferment that I have. They like a a sauerkraut or a blaukraut.
0: Oh, okay. So they choose what they want then?
1: Oh, almost all the time. Okay, It's a lot yeah. easier for all of us if we don't fight about mm-hmm. the ferment.
0: How do you feel like you feel on the fermented foods then?
1: Hmm. I don't know, I've been eating them a long time, so it's hard for me to tell a difference um, when I, I guess, so like when we go on vacation, If we go away where we're eating other food for a long period Mm -hmm. of time, as I mentioned in another podcast, we vacation in Maine every summer and we usually go for a good long time, two to three weeks. And I don't do any ferments there Mm -hmm. because just not enough time to have a program going. And um, even though I cook there for us and we get really good quality food, um, there is a, you do feel a little different. Yeah. It's hard for me to really put my finger on it.
0: Are you more constipated?
1: No, because we have a Mm -hmm. lot of fiber in our diets anyway because we still have tons of vegetables. But,
0: um, yeah, I don't know.
1: But we all... It
0: feels a little off.
1: Yes. When we come Mm -hmm. home, we're all ready for... I mean, my kids are never ready to have fermented foods, but they're Mm -hmm. ready for, like, the usual routine. Yeah. We all feel a little bit... I don't know. We also eat a lot more sugar when we're on vacation, so that's probably has a lot to do with it. and We're generally less... Mm-hmm. A healthful minded. So it's 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 difficult to pinpoint. Mm-hmm. Um but you'll notice people who first get on it usually notice that uh their bowel movements are a little easier. There's a lot more um cool stuff going on mm-hmm. in, in, in their digestive tract. Um that's yeah, that's immune the-
0: system. I mean things that we may not immediately notice too.
1: Right, so if, you're on a, if, you, mm-hmm. if you eat ferments on a regular basis, then yeah, you'll have a major immune boost. And there are other things will start happening too. You'll have less inflammation, your blood sugar levels will drop. Um, all these great things mm-hmm. can come about from you know a healthy diet. Do you make your those.
0: own sauerkraut too or do you diet?
1: Everything you see here is made here.
0: Wow, good for you. <laughs>
1: So, and there's certain things that I'll make for certain clients. Like, for example, this is a kraut um, that's made with nettles in uh-huh. addition to cabbage because nettles have a lot of iron in them.
0: Uh-huh. So, if they're, they're... anemic, you would make it exactly. for them? Exactly. So, this would, mm-hmm. this
1: would... And they're not eating animal products.
0: Oh, okay. Because
1: if you're eating animal products, the, the most expeditious way to get iron in your body is to eat meat mm-hmm. or liver if you can tolerate liver or clams, octopus. But if you're... Um, a plant-based person and you need more iron in your diet, you can get it from certain plants. Mm-hmm. And nettles are one of them that has super high iron. So then you just put it into a crowd and voila, you've got iron in a bucket. That's really cool. I mean, of course there's a different type of iron than the animal iron, but it's still an important, you mm-hmm. know, still necessary and still important.
0: I think you were saying for, like, the fermented foods, it's the salt brine, right? It's not vinegar, it's salt brine. That's
1: correct. Mm-hmm. That's if you're brining. So, like, for example, I don't, I don't make my own cucumber pickles because there's so many cucumber pickles out there mm-hmm. on the market that are good. So these would be um, salt brined as opposed to put in a vinegar. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways you know, I mean, besides looking at the ingredients, one of the ways you know is that they have to be kept refrigerated. Mm-hmm because it's a constantly um, evolving and growing product. So this is alive, this is alive.
0: Mm-hmm. So actually a pickles of... never expire then? Well, they think? can because mm-hmm.
1: they, they continue to evolve and mm-hmm. change. And over time, even if you keep it in the refrigerator, if you keep it, you know, I mean, I don't actually know, but if, I guess if you kept it a couple of years, mm-hmm. it would probably just sort of degrade and yeah. get soft and mushy. But pickles that are in vinegar are practically bomb proof on the shelf Mm -hmm. because the acidic level or the acid level is so high Mm -hmm. that it's shelf stable and nothing can get in there. But these naturally brined um, vegetables are best kept in the refrigerator because it'll extend their life longer and it will slow the growth and the fermentation process. Okay. Right. So if I left any of these ferments out, they're still going to be good. Mm-hmm. And actually, I have, a, I have an experiment going on in the back room on one to see just how long I can leave one out.
0: Oh, really? So <laughs> how long have you left it out
1: so far? We're going on two months. Oh, my gosh. That's a long time.
0: Have you tasted it?
1: Uh, I haven't tasted it recently, but like a couple of weeks ago, it was pretty funky. Mm-hmm.
0: But still good. Like, like there's yeah. no problem.
1: But I'm just curious. It was a, sort of a knockoff batch that I made one day to show somebody how to do it. And... Mm-hmm. I just left it there when it was supposed to be checked and put in the refrigerator to slow down. I thought, well, let's just see how long you can let it go. Mm-hmm. So that's a in progress.
0: Seven years. Get, we're, getting really, <laughs> we're,
1: we're getting really nerdy here. I hope we don't uh, lose no, any, any listeners.
0: I feel but, like my Korean roots are coming out, you well, know,
1: they should be. Okay. So let's start you off. No, let's start you off the classic. Uh,
0: where is it? This is it.
1: So this is the kimchi that you would find in the market.
0: Oh, it's so cool. Right? But you made it.
1: Yeah. Whoa. So One
0: day I'm going to get you the Ajuma pan. Oh, my
1: God. That would be <laughs> so great.
0: So you can squat comfortably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm making Michelle here for you listeners. Sample all these ferments. She is going to be one... Uh, funked out girl after all this
0: and when I have my amazing bowel movement tomorrow <laughs> yes. I will let you know and I will thank you and I will send a blessing
1: <laughs> this is the traditional Napa cabbage chim- kimchi that you find in all the markets
0: wow right this is very good you made this mm-hmm. I almost, I think it's better than should I say it the way Koreans make it no Well, oh, this no. is really good
1: it is good I mean, it's it's older, right? So the stuff you buy in the market, that mm-hmm. they generally get those out there and get them sold right away.
0: This tastes like almost like, um, you know how like with kimchi, they make a stew out of it? Oh yeah,
1: kimchi jjigae. like
0: kimchi jjigae. Yeah,
1: I love it. But that. uncooked. How old is this? Mm, I didn't put a date on it, so I'm not sure. But it's from, it's not from this fall's Napa cabbage. So it's been probably close to a year.
0: Wow. This is beautiful. It's good
1: and it's got a good amount of spice. Mm -hmm. Not too much though, but too much for my kids. Like my kids are just, there's no way they're going to eat the kimchi that I make.
0: And the acidity is just like really nice too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you.
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: I think by doing this interview and eating, you're fulfilling a dream for me.
1: Man, well, it is middle of the day and I heard your stomach growling, so this is gonna (laughs) gonna serve a lot of different purposes. But I didn't bring any soju, so, you know? Oh my God, thank God. (laughs) That stuff's nasty. So if you ever wanna add rice, you can help yourself.
0: Okay, I'm good. You Mm -hmm. cut it, but I'm just saying. Thank
1: you. It's there. So that's like the traditional. And then the other one that people know about is daikon radish kimchi. Wow. Which is um, pretty standard and my housemate's favorite. So we try to keep this around for her. She should try this.
0: That's so cool. Because this is another thing that Japanese people put in soups a lot daikon. Oh, yeah? Mm mm-hmm.
1: hmm. Still nice and crispy. Mm
0: hmm. You know how like Koreans make kimchi from the radish. Is that what radish is that? Like the big one. Is that daikon too?
1: The big, long, white one is daikon.
0: Yeah, and it's a fatter one. It's well, like fatter and rounder.
1: There's um, there's several kinds. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what the there's a fat, squat one. Doesn't get real long. Yeah,
0: I think that's the one the Koreans use. It's like wider than the daikon.
1: That's the one they use for bachelor radish kimchi, mm-hmm. which is a very similar to this, but different than the daikon radish kimchi. Yeah. I don't have any of that because I don't know where they, I don't know anybody who grows that radish.
0: That's a really nice chew.
1: It's got a lot of chew, mm-hmm. um, when you're feeding people that traditionally, right? You can correct me if I'm wrong. It's usually um, served with beef
0: yeah it's like served as a side dish, and usually beef is on the table, but mm-hmm.
1: you know well it's it's another good one
0: it's delicious
1: so now let's let's talk about how because mm-hmm. we're both coming to this with empty stomachs, and mm-hmm. we started with kimchi. Are you feeling some like when I, when I eat kimchi mm-hmm. on an empty stomach, I start feeling mm-hmm. a little bit of you know ooh
0: I feel like a high right now it's <laughs> like you know. I know it's silly to say, but like the spices too, like I love it, you know, and it's, it feels so warm eating the spices.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's certainly a warming experience, but you're a spice girl already. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you are like, that's like every food you eat is like
0: Korean food and Mexican food makes sense to me, (laughs) you know?
1: Well, so these are, these are some, um, I don't know. Just some standard. Let's do this other last one. Last might be my last kimchi, but
0: that one's the old one, right? Yeah. You're in that, and you hear yeah. That pop?
1: So that's the all that fermented stuff coming out of it. So this is the daikon. This has got some real funk to it. Not, excuse me, not daikon. This is the Tokyo turn. I
0: have to say, Jonathan, like, wow, I respected you before, but you're so cool. I really <laughs> respect you. Wow,
1: because now I'm eating kimchi.
0: I can't believe you made all this stuff, Mm. you know, and you're so expansive. So what's this then? Oh, the radish, right? With the leaves on top. Right. Mm.
1: So you call it hailstone radish. Um, All your listeners are going to see it as, in the markets, as Tokyo market turnips. Wow. And this has got some serious effervescent going on. This is the oldest kimchi. And it is like, it bites back.
0: It's like more acidic, Mm -hmm. you know? But the taste of the turnip is delicious. It's still there. The first smell is actually very medicinal. (laughs) You know, like when you go in the Asian medicinal store?
1: Oh, yeah. That's what it smells like. And you're
0: not sure if you should turn back and go in. (laughs) That like little bit of fear. (laughs) I feel that, but it's delicious, but very acidic.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. I remember when my wife was on... Um this we sort of strange concoction of Chinese herbs during her pregnancy, last pregnancy. Oh my lord, did that stuff smell nasty. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's gross.
0: I also really like how you left the um the leaves on top. Mm-hmm.
1: And how cool is it that a year mm-hmm. and a half later those leaves still have texture and crunch?
0: So much texture, yeah. you know, like pretty wild, huh? Like, I know my bowel movement's gonna be great.
1: (laughs) But so this is why it's important for centuries and centuries, thousands of years, for people to have fermented and preserved food. Because this Mm -hmm. keeps, I mean, this one you're eating is over a year and a half. So if you're just trying to get yourself through a cold winter, you can make a dozen jars and be satisfied with kimchi and rice. For much of the winter. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have your dried grains and maybe you have some dried meat stored up there, too, or something.
0: Yeah. And I could see, like, how you were suggesting the rice earlier, because I'm like, no, I'm a, I'm a pro. I can see. <laughs> the more acidic it's becoming, I feel like little, it's, like, almost like alcohol, you know, in a yeah. way.
1: Yeah. Well, it's not quite... Mm-hmm. I don't know if they ever... I
0: mean, I question. feel like I something to buffer it a little bit, you know? Oh, yeah.
1: The rice would definitely help soak up some of that stuff. And it, I always feel it in my belly. Like, oh, it's nice to have a little Mm -hmm. little spoonful of rice down there helping with all that spice going down there.
0: I guess with all of this, you don't really need to drink kombucha. Do you drink kombucha?
1: Well, at the risk of making a lot of people really mad, um, (laughs) I will say that there's nothing about kombucha that you need. Really? No, it's just vinegar.
0: And sugar. Well,
1: if you buy a flavored kombucha, Mm -hmm. then it's a lot of sugar. Okay. But you can get one, I mean, you can just make straight kombucha, and Mm -hmm. you're just on your way to vinegar.
0: Okay, so it's nothing healthful with it, then, really?
1: Well, I don't want to say it's, well, it's certainly not bad for you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say there's nothing unhealthful, because it has an alkalizing effect in your body, Mm -hmm. because of the natural acidity to it. But it's not really a probiotic. It's not, I mean, your body's going to respond in a way that is sort of neutral, but it's like, okay, well, this This is helping to neutralize my body a little Mm -hmm. bit, lower my acidic level, my natural high acidic level because I eat a lot of bread and cheese and meat and grains or whatever. But um, as a medicinal supplement, it's a big waste of money. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, because there's like that false notion if you drink the bugs at the bottom. (laughs) <laughs>
1: you're gonna mother. be good yeah well get yourself some apple cider vinegar of course kombucha is still alive mm-hmm. and pasteurized it usually that's why it's in the refrigerated section um so maybe there's something to the uh the liveness of it the the, the fact that it's still you know going toward higher acidity and
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh but it's not a yeah. It's not anything I would ever recommend.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like another alternative maybe to a soda then in a way.
1: Well, it's way better than a soda. Mm. I mean, I don't want to get. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to put kombucha in the same category as a soda. Mm-hmm. That is like, whew. I mean, you're talking, there's nothing good in a soda. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. Whereas kombucha is good water. There's some good flavors to it. It doesn't mm-hmm. have, it's not bad for your, your body at all. Just, it's not going to, I don't, I don't think it's going to have you know, miracle powers. Okay, I can't talk about that anymore. People are going to be really mad.
0: <laughs> You're our food guru.
1: <laughs> There's a whole industry now that's grown up around um, kombucha that, you know.
0: Especially in Santa Cruz. Like, every store you go into, you know, even an alcohol store sells kombucha now. I know. because you know?
1: Technically, it's mildly alcoholic, only mm-hmm. it's just like a, I mean, it's not an amount that's going to matter.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, Now I'm staying away from kombucha as a topic of conversation, just so I don't get myself into big trouble. <laughs> um, so let's move on to less spicy ferment. So you don't have to ferment uh, in the Korean style. You don't have to mm-hmm. have kimchi, which many people are gonna be happy about because of course there's that funky smell that goes along with um, the kimchi, which a lot of people don't like. Even people who like to eat kimchi don't necessarily want their house mm-hmm. smelling like kimchi.
0: And kimchi, all it is is like a salt brine, right? Like with red pepper. Uh, there are salt
1: brined kimchis, but most of them start by uh, the introduction of a fermented anchovy sauce.
0: Oh, okay. Is that what you use?
1: hmm So uh, you can do it without that mm-hmm. and use, a, use a, a mushroom broth instead. hmm the fermentation period is longer, and the kimchi won't develop its with the funk. mushroom Uh huh mm-hmm. it won't develop that same type of funk, especially early on. It takes a lot longer
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but if you were like making kimchi for a vegan person, mm-hmm. you know you would need to go that direction and just use the uh, you just make a, a like a dried mushroom broth
0: yeah,
1: and that's your liquid base, plus the chilies and garlic and all that other stuff but um, it gets a kickstart when you're making kimchi with by a using starter. something that's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. already fermented. And think- you have to use a Korean fish sauce. They mm-hmm. they all call it the same, like a fermented fish sauce or fish sauce or anchovy sauce. Yeah, But if you're not using a Korean one, it doesn't work.
0: Don't they sometimes use like the little baby shrimp? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Those are really hard to get.
0: Actually, I could get them for you. They're really easy to get.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. You got it. You got it. Do yeah. they
0: keep it for um, a while then? Because they're in San Jose, my people's store.
1: <laughs> okay, yes, please get me some.
0: Okay, sure. <laughs>
1: um, you can use you can use those, mm-hmm. and you can also use just what's avi- available everywhere, and that's the Chinese shrimp paste.
0: Oh, and that's okay. everywhere. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's another fermented product, too. But the shrimp is is all ground up into a paste in that.
0: Okay, because this one looks like a little jar of baby, of baby shrimp, shrimp with, um, like, you could see the eyes. Yeah,
1: you know? I've seen pictures of them, but I can't get them in this area, so.
0: Okay, that'll be my <laughs> present
1: to you. <laughs> That'd be so great. We get to try it for once. Um, but yeah, so kimchi gets a kickstart from that. Mm-hmm. And so we, when you ferment a kimchi, so. Oh, I have, I have a separate one coming, anyway. Um, you only have to ferment it outside the refrigerator initially, usually for a handful of days. Mm-hmm. Four days, five days. Where three. do you leave it?
0: Because like Koreans leave it like outside, you know? Yeah, just wherever. Oh, okay. Like- you don't want it in
1: direct sunlight. Okay. So a shady place. Mm-hmm. But not in the refrigerator to start. And then after a few days, it is ready. It's technically ready to eat. It has fermented. Mm-hmm. And it's ready to go because it gets that kickstart. Whereas... The ones you're going to taste now, um, which don't start out with an ancho, a fermented product to, to help kickstart it, these are just salt
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then the, the water from the vegetable itself Okay. that the salt draws out. And that takes a lot longer. So this kraut, for example, this blau kraut that we're looking at here, its initial fermentation stage is like if I remember correctly, it's like 10 to 14 days.
0: Do you leave it outside or in the refrigerator?
1: This is out of the refrigerator. Okay. And then you taste it and make sure it's nice and sour or it's mm-hmm. at least getting nice and sour. And then you know it's, it's working. And then you can put it up in the refrigerator and it just continues to sour mm-hmm. but at a much slower rate.
0: Yeah. Is it the same for like sauerkraut? You could keep it for a very long time. Mm-hmm. The taste just changes then. Yeah.
1: It'll get... Remember how you had that more effervescent more acidic, stronger one and
0: milk. a half-year-old kimchi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: So same thing will happen with kraut. The longer you have that kraut, the more that flavor changes. You still can taste a little bit of the cabbage, but mm-hmm. it's more acidic and also the cabbage gets softer. Okay. So it's kind of nice. Like this blau kraut is probably six months old. I'm gonna change out your bowl because we don't want blau kraut getting contaminated by kimchi. <laughs> this is so. Cool. Purple cabbage is really um, fibrous and hard and it's raw state.
0: It's so pretty. It looks mm-hmm. like oh, grapes almost.
1: But so- after it's been fermented and hangs out for six months, it becomes quite tender.
0: Wow. I actually like hate sauerkraut. This is amazing. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's really, like, pretty and, like, edible.
1: It's really good for you.
0: hmm Do you eat this with a sandwich, or how do you eat kraut?
1: Well, most of, uh, most of the stuff that we eat, we just eat on the side of our mm-hmm. dishes, or we top a stir-fry with it. Kraut, almost always just eat on the side, but sandwiches are really good. You can top salads with them, especially earthy salads that have, you know, earthy flavors like beets.
0: So this yeah. is pretty relatively easy to make, isn't it? Like... So-
1: it's super easy. It's just mm-hmm. physical. Okay. So you shred up the cabbage. And in this case, it's blaukraut. So it's red cabbage or purple cabbage. And then you have an onion. This one also has an apple in it and caraway seeds.
0: Wow. That's the
1: flavor you can. I could getting.
0: taste it. It's very nice.
1: Mm-hmm. So then you add salt. And you can let it sit for about 30 minutes if you want for the salt to draw some of the water out of the cabbage. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that it doesn't taste overly salty. But at the, initially, you're, you are going to taste salt. Mm-hmm. But after 20 minutes of it sitting, you don't want it to be, you know, you know bracingly salty. But then you've got to mash it with your hands. You use mm-hmm. a big bowl and you're squeezing it and squeezing it and squeezing it and squeezing it. To kind of like
0: it. break it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're
1: trying to extract water. Because in order to ferment it, it has to be in an anaerobic state. Mm-hmm. So the water level has to rise above the vegetables. If oxygen gets in there, then shit can grow mm-hmm. while it's fermenting and it can spoil the batch. Okay. And that is really bad. You think mm-hmm. you think a fermented product has some funk to it? Should have a spoiled fermented product.
0: Oh, yes. Is that not edible then?
1: No, you get sick. Okay. It won't kill you, but you'll
0: mm-hmm.
1: you, you won't want to put it in your mouth. It'll body.
0: be a cleanse then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in not the right way. But you're you're you will not want to eat it. Mm -hmm. Your nose will say, no way,
0: that's going in my body. So, like, you have that large bottle there. So, in a bottle that size, how much salt goes in a batch? Oh, this one? Uh Um, Uh-huh. It looks like a big mayonnaise bottle.
1: You know, I can't remember the ratio off the top of my head. I'd have to look Mm up um, in my ferment book. But it's, like, two tablespoons of salt for, like, four heads of, no, three Mm -hmm. heads of cabbage or something like that. Six pounds of cabbage to two tablespoons of salt, something like that. Mm-hmm. Don't it's go little. by this for, to make your own mm-hmm. crop, by the way. Look at the proportions, they're easy to find. But it's um, not very much.
0: Yeah, it's like, I would think it'd be like a cup or something, but I guess that's not, mm-hmm. inevit- that's not edible.
1: Yeah, then it'll be, yeah. Again, you won't want to go anywhere near it it's mm-hmm. too much. But this is, again, same great stuff happening, right? It does some great work for your microbiome. Um, Red cabbage, actually, believe it or not, even as a raw product, is practically a probiotic. It has mm-hmm. so many... Red good, cabbage itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just by itself. Super healthy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And once you ferment it, then it's like on steroids. Mm-hmm. It's like all kinds of really good stuff for you.
0: Oh, that's cool. So you should sort
1: of feel like Supergirl right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never thought about it. It looks so pretty, but I could see how it's so powerful, like red cabbage.
1: Well, I mean... I just, I get a little mm-hmm. hyperbolic on this stuff. So so this is another fun one that you'll like as a spice <laughs> This is fermented chilies. Mm-hmm. And this is probably my wife's favorite. This is the only ferment she actually eats.
0: Wow. This one looks powerful.
1: They actually mellow out over time. But mm-hmm. the, what we do is every year when the farms that I work with start coming in with their big loads of red peppers, mm-hmm. um, I just buy a whole bunch of them. And at the end of the week, if I haven't used them all in cooking, mm-hmm. then um, we whiz them all up, and it's just peppers and salt, and you ferment that. And that takes a long time to ferment. That's a that's a minimum of thirty day ferment.
0: Wow, you would think it'd be quicker because everything was like broken down. I know.
1: I'm not sure why it takes so long, mm-hmm. but it um, takes thirty days. Mm-hmm. This is last year's. Yeah, this is last year's batch. And it's a mixture of
0: mm-hmm. chilies,
1: so chili peppers. So I don't I can't even tell you which ones they are, but they're mm-hmm. all different red ones.
0: That's cool. Um, so does she use it as a sauce or she just eats it on the side, like
1: uh yeah, as a topping. Yeah. Nobody yeah. eats it on the side. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's um, I mean it, the, all the seeds are in there, so it gets wow. teeth. But it's powerful. Yeah, that's good stuff. So this is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really great anti-inflammatory. Um Chilies have all kinds of capsicum in there, which uh-huh. have, you know, we know the health benefits of capsicum is so great.
0: The level of burn is intense.
1: Is it getting you? <laughs> and you're a spice girl, so that's good. <laughs> There's always the rice.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and, so, and that's an easy one too, because you just mm-hmm. cut the tops off the chilies, dump them in the food processor, whiz it up. And then the hardest part is keeping the chilies under, underneath the water.
0: Oh, okay. Because
1: you want all the pulp to stay under the water, and you've got to do that for 30 days. So mm-hmm. you got to get a screen, and then you have a little weight on top of that 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 keeps out any air.
0: The burn in this is really good.
1: It's good. There's a lot of good peppers in there. Yeah,
0: it's, like, very cool here, but I'm, like, burning <laughs> up. <laughs>
1: we'll, get you a, we'll get you a handkerchief. <laughs> uh, what else do we have here that's exciting? I mean, there's there's a few other things. This one is really gnarly, just because you're such a good sport. This is another long ferment. This is an insane amount of garlic. This is like a natural antibiotic. So this is sunchokes, fennel, Mm -hmm. and garlic. And it is seriously, like this makes me cringe when I eat it. But you
0: still eat it? Yeah, because it's
1: like it gets rid of any, like I said, it's, it's. like garlic, it has that natural uh, antibiotic effect.
0: Wow, I actually like this more than the um, the chili one. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: That is like...
0: Ooh. This one is so much easier for me.
1: It's mouth puckeringly.
0: I love hard. it. <laughs>
1: it's good. This is delicious. Yeah, and that's another long ferment like chilies. It's a, so did you the grate leader. the um, garlic? Uh, I can't remember. I didn't grate it. Um, Mm -hmm. I probably just chopped it up.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So everything for that one, you just shave it all on a mandolin or you can thinly slice it, whatever you like to do and then um, mix it all up. But sunchokes are another one of those Mm -hmm. um, products that have a lot of uh, probiotic goodness. What is a sunchoke? Sunchoke is a tuber that's in the sunflower family. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the flowers are beautiful when they grow up beautiful flowers that are really good insect attractors but they have a bunch of tubers in the bottom that are crispy in their raw state crispy like a jicama crispy mm-hmm. or a kohlrabi root. that was
0: really nice in there the fibrous component right yeah i
1: mm-hmm. mean that's i mean and that's after 30 i mean that's that's been broken down for a long time so they're very crispy um if you're gonna have sunchokes raw you certainly need to shave them oh because okay. they're really you know, i guess you can get them get away with even less mm-hmm. than a shave but it's nice they're pleasant when you shave them, but usually you cook them. Mm-hmm. And they get kind of a sweet nuttiness when you cook them.
0: And the, is that fennel in there too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a very interesting taste together, you know? It's wild. And as a cream, like, you don't really eat fennel at all.
1: Really? Mm-mm.
0: Wow, huh. We're used to garlic. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's for sure.
0: I actually never knew what garlic did to my breath, you know, until oh. my husband mentioned it one time. <laughs> But I, as a Korean, it was so normal. Oh, that's great! I didn't even think twice, you know, or like a burp after eating garlic, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there's so many things that are culturally inappropriate here in America, but it, but it's fine anywhere else or yeah. in other cultures at least.
0: Because if you really look at a person with like rotten teeth, now that's bad breath. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I think you, I you think the fermented alcohol that.
0: got to my head. But- <laughs>
1: You're not lip-locking with that person, but you don't mind a little garlic breath.
0: That was amazing, actually. And it's
1: coming out of your pores, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not just your breath. You're
0: right. I feel like I'm sweating it out right now. (laughs) Wow. It's like my perimenopause has gone into full force right now.
1: That's great. Well, this this stuff is good for you. It's good for everything. But let's go on to some beans. Let's talk about beans.
0: Awesome. So, and thank you so much for that. That was delicious. Oh, that's
1: fine. And there's still more we haven't even talked about. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about raw olives. We didn't talk about preserved lemons. Wow. Um, all that kind of you, stuff.
0: You preserve lemons in salt, brine too? In salt? Lemon
1: juice and salt.
0: Wow.
1: So we keep two jars of these going all the time. It's real... Actually, I'll...
0: Do you put that we, in food?
1: Yeah. You've had it. In, I uh, feel like I have, right? Yeah. So... It's like ultra lemony, right? So you only, for preserved lemons, you only eat the peel because the inside, the membranes on the inside become kind of too fibrous to chew. Oh, okay. You just cut them off. If you can get some of the pulp, the pulp's good in a salad dressing, mm-hmm. but the peel is good anywhere. And so it's a, it's a purely Moroccan thing. And the peel
0: is so healthy, right?
1: Oh, it's so good for you. It has so many good minerals in it. It's
0: amazing how we avoid the peel so much of a lemon, except for the outside. You know, sometimes for like the recipes call for the grating of the outside. I almost always
1: put lemon peel in anything that I'm making with lemon. Just Mm -hmm. I shave the lemon peel raw, chop it up. I mean, we, I mean, I only use preserved lemon when I'm doing something that's more culturally appropriate, Moroccan, but it's
0: really nice, actually.
1: It's like true lemon. Mm-hmm. A little salty.
0: Yeah. Almost like more edible, you know?
1: Yeah. It's like you're eating the lemon mm-hmm. instead of getting the experience of the lemon juice yeah. on the side of your mouth. You're like, I'm I'm getting lemon. I don't know how to describe it. It's just like pure, pure lemon.
0: I didn't know you could do that with lemons. Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Yeah, so that takes a month. So you score the lemon in a bunch of different places and pack it with salt. Mm -hmm. And then you put it in a jar and then you got to squeeze enough lemon juice to cover the lemons fully. And then you can can let that preserve at room temperature if you want. But I just stick it in the fridge because then I don't have to think about it ever again. If you leave it at room temperature, you have to check it for scum all the time. Oh, okay. Because in the warmer temperatures, it can grow a little scum on top, which is Mm -hmm. usually nothing that's very harmful. Can you
0: just pick it out? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you just
1: scoop it off. Mm -hmm. But if you put it in the fridge, it slows the preserving down a little bit, but not appreciably. Like I said, in a month, it's ready to eat. That's cool. Yeah. And then you can, once you have a jar of lemon juice, you can just reuse the lemon juice over and over and over. So again. you
0: just put more lemons in there? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when I
1: have room, I'll pull the lemons out, put new ones down, and then put the, the older ones on top. Wow. So I just rotate.
0: Do your clients ask for the ferments too?
1: Hmm. I don't believe I've ever had anybody ask for a ferment. You
0: will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I always offer it though to people. I say, well, you should try this for, mm-hmm. you know, like
0: this saying, oh, my stomach's upset. Something. I said, you should try this ferment.
1: Mm-hmm. Crickets.
0: But one of your clients who was who the anemic, right? You made it for one of your clients. That,
1: yeah, that I yeah, I don't no longer have that client, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I will. <clears throat> I will make. In fact, I'm actually coming up. I'm making a. I'm trying to come up with a good ferment for a client who's. Um, we want to stimulate her, uh, her body to create, a little more insulin, so she can um, keep her blood sugar down.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. we eliminated all the sugar in her diet. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really have anything else. So now we just need to stimulate her body. Okay. to Do a better job.
0: So, so what are you going to put in it, in the ferment? Um.
1: Well, we're definitely going to have some turmeric in the ferment. It might even be a turmeric paste that I ferment that she adds to her foods. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're gonna—I got to look up and see other, other things that um, that help with pancreas and liver and mm-hmm. gallbladder function. And we'll just ferment it. <laughs> it's so funny, it's so nerdy. But it works, this stuff works. I mean, people have been doing this. I mean, this is what people have been doing for thousands of years.
0: It actually really is refreshing though, even in this like short amount of time, you know? Yeah,
1: and it's, well, and if you incorporate it into your diet, I mean, your GI tract will just feel great. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about beans because as a plant-based girl, you know you gotta get your protein from somewhere besides animals and the bean is the best place, right? So it behooves us to be having beans around mm-hmm. all the time, all kinds of beans.
0: All of us, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if you're
1: a meat eater, you should still yeah. have beans. They're so, they're so good for you. They have so many different good qualities and there are so many different kinds of beans. Everybody will find one that they like. They're do you feel great. like
0: it, all of them taste markedly different from each other?
1: Um, they do taste different. When you're buying good quality beans, mm-hmm. They have a quite a different flavor. Mm-hmm. So I only cooked up three kinds for you today. But I mean you saw the bean cellar. There's like so just, many. Just in my cellar is mm-hmm. dozens. And the we're not even talking about lentils yet, which is a whole other category of legume that you can use that are quick cooking. So people, mm-hmm. people don't want to cook beans because it's effort, right? It takes a lot I of time. actually
0: am more ignorant than that. I didn't know you could. <laughs>
1: Right, they don't just come in a can. <laughs> you can, <laughs> you cook, and they're so much better when you cook them yourself. Okay. Because you can be in control. If you're a pressure cooker kind of person, then you really have to, you're, you're giving a lot of control away to um, something that says, you know, cook your chickpeas for 10 minutes at full pressure and let it depressurize naturally. And then you don't, so you don't really know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then the finished product is, is what it is. The only thing you can do is cook it again.
0: Oh, you mean like you can't control the tenderness exactly. or exactly what or you're going to get? Or the flavor of
1: the broth as it's developing. Okay. Because one of the beauties of cooking with beans is you get these delicious broths, mm-hmm. which are super nutritious and can be quite robust in flavor. Okay. So
0: So in a it, pot that size, which looks like a circular Dutch oven mm-hmm. uh, pot, then how many? how much... Um, beans do you add in how much water then?
1: You can, in that size pot, you can comfortably do up to a pound of beans. Okay. But in a traditional clay pot, like this, a traditional clay Mexican mm-hmm. bean pot, you could do up to two pounds of beans in this quite comfortably. How
0: would you cook that in there?
1: Same way you'd cook yeah, the other, on the stovetop, stovetop.
0: Wow, I thought that was for display only.
1: No, and you can, or you can cook it in the fire, like that the old world That is so way, cool. Right, you just drop it in the fire and have it cook slowly that way. Wow. But. We are a little more modern than that here.
0: There really is food in there. Wow, oh, yeah. that's a this beautiful is really good. pot. Is so, that how Mexican people cook beans in?
1: God, I hope so. I mean, some of them do for mm-hmm. sure, but
0: I mean, even the pot looks very special. It almost looks like a vase.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful, and it changes color over time. It gets different colorings, you know, as it as it ages and gets cooked and heated more. Mm-hmm. So let's start with just a bean. You can taste. How good a bean is just by itself. Okay. So this is the Good Mother Stallard bean.
0: Your favorite. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: So um, actually, let Should me Should I move this in. over? No, no. That's, that's good. I'll serve it over here. So this bean was cooked with just itself, salt, one bay leaf, and a tiny bit of olive oil. Okay. Okay. So there's nothing else that we use to flavor the broth. Mm-hmm. And you get to... Keep taste the bean and its broth, you see how flavorful beans, good quality beans can make a broth.
0: In how many hours?
1: This one? Um, well, these are, the beans I get are pretty mm-hmm. fresh. So, I I am a soaker. I soak my beans overnight. Okay. I'm a big proponent of that. At one time in my life, I was not.
0: They almost look like a lighter soybean.
1: They're about that size, mm-hmm. yeah. And they're almost round. Mm-hmm. Um, But they're beautiful being when they're raw.
0: Wow. The broth is very nice and light.
1: Isn't it good? Mm -hmm. And has a lot of flavor for only having beans cooked in it. How come the
0: broth isn't, like, super thick, you know?
1: Because it's just water. Oh, okay. So to thicken a broth, you have to have other products in it for it to get Mm -hmm. thick. It's like when you're having a meat broth, the reason it's thick is because there's a lot of collagen in it. It hey, doesn't. It
0: come from the beans, though. Doesn't the bean broth make it thick?
1: Mm-mm.
0: Oh, okay. it can make
1: it starchy. Mm-hmm. So if you cook your beans so that they break down, and some of the beans are now part of the broth, then it can be thicker from starch mm-hmm. from the bean itself breaking down. But I didn't cook any of the beans so that they were breaking down. And these these three varieties of beans don't break down readily. Wow, there that are some bean, that do. It's-
0: So delicious. Isn't that good? It's like so round and you know, it's so like smooth. It's
1: and creamy. Very pleasant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the word, pleasant, right? Mm -hmm. So your beans should be pleasant to eat. That's what we not like
0: focus on the bowel movement and just chew, (laughs) but like the savoring. Exactly. And the broth is so nice and light and not too salty.
1: Okay, so the salt, Mm -hmm. salt is totally up to you. And Mm -hmm. you can you could you can control that. I'm glad you enjoy it, thank you. But you can control the saltness, the salinity level of yeah. your broth anytime you do beans. I like
0: it very nice, like, like almost like a soup.
1: It is, it's like a. Mm-hmm. it's almost like a an Asian soup, which is, you know, a lot of Asian soups are just super brothy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot like that. In fact, so one of the places <clears> I source beans from is this company up in Napa called Rancho Gordo, and they do these food events every once in a while. And I read about one they did pre-pandemic they actually and it's like you know it's all napified. so it's hoity-toity everything's fancy but it's bean focused mm-hmm. and one of the things they did is at the beginning of the night everybody got a shot of bean broth
0: oh wow <laughs> just a sip. i mm-hmm. thought that was a good idea so it's so nice and light how would you eat that then it seems so easy to make you know
1: you have rice you have beans
0: oh okay and you literally just put the rice in there or something
1: yeah put your rice in a bowl heat up the bean broth Ladle it over. Wow. You don't have to
0: do anything else. I could do that. Yeah. There's also <laughs> oh, there's... good quality beans, though. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: okay. So the cooking part is what um, it's what pre- prevents people from really diving in.
0: Because,
1: mm-hmm. I mean, you're here looking at the finished product, and it looks all great and it's delicious. But last night they got soaked.
0: Mm-hmm. This
1: morning they got cooked.
0: Wait, I got here at ten. You cooked it this morning. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: And fresh beans don't take a ton of time to cook, but still there's some planning involved, right? And that's what people don't want to do.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And people have all these other preconceived notions and things that they can't just be leaving stuff out, but you can leave food out for a very long time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's okay to leave your beans out after you cook them, sitting on the stove all day long at room temperature until you come home at night and then you want to make something special with it. So now I've got my beans and my broth, I want to add some other things. I want to add some tomatoes or beans or, or, excuse me, greens or certainly onions and garlic and all that stuff. It's okay for them to just live out, sitting out for a long time. Not for a really long time. Because <laughs> then they start to stink. But
0: But a couple of hours a, is fine.
1: A couple of, mm-hmm. oh, all day, overnight. Mm-hmm. I would say once you hit 24 hours, you're going to start pushing the limit of how long you can leave beans out. There's other foods that can live out longer than that. Then
0: it's possible war. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: But that is the stumbling block. And I wish people, because each, each part of it mm-hmm. is not daunting. It's the whole thing. People look at the whole process. They go, oh, I don't want to do all that. I got to find mm-hmm. a bean. I got to soak it. Then I got to cook it, and then maybe I got to cook it again. So if you look at that whole process, then it is. Mm -hmm. That's like, oh, who wants to do that? But if you just think of, oh, tonight I'm just going to soak them. Okay. That's all I have to do. Mm -hmm. Five minutes. Next morning, I just got to get them to a boil. Maybe add some aromatics if I want to get complicated. But even if you just do a bay leaf, olive oil, and salt, it's delicious. What does
0: a bay leaf add to soup? Mm,
1: It's hard to characterize the flavor, Um, it's more of an aroma but the way you would mm, i don't know how i would describe it herbal is how i would describe the but aroma it's critical and feel. to you i almost the only bean i cook without a bay leaf is the chickpea oh, okay it seems like it gets in the way there mm-hmm. so i don't i don't do that but um yeah i i love it mm-hmm. i put it in I mean, it goes into soup stocks and soups and stews and all kinds of stuff, too. But anyway, it's a mild thing. The way if you're ever if you ever want to experience that kind of thing for yourself, you can just start with water and start adding things. Bring, okay. bring the water to a boil mm-hmm. and start adding something. Like what? Like, I wonder what this is going to be like in the water. Mm-hmm. So the water boils, drop a bay leaf in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wait a minute. Smell, taste. Make sure there's a little salt in the water so you can taste mm-hmm. everything in there. I wonder what it tastes like to add celery to my stock. Mm -hmm. So you just drop the celery in there as it's boiling. I mean, it's really like super nerdy stuff that you're hearing
0: now, Mm -hmm. right? As you're wearing the Rancho Gordo bean (laughs) shirt. yeah, (laughs) People of the bean.
1: (laughs) So um, that's how you find out whether you like the flavor of something, Mm -hmm. is you add it to boiling water, and then you can start putting them all together. And then every once in a while, you'll make something and you Well, this happens to me, maybe not everybody, but I've forgotten something. And I'm eating the finished product and going, it's missing something. And I remember, oh man, I forgot to put celery in there, Mm -hmm. or I forgot a carrot for sweetness, or, you know, God forbid I should forget an onion, but all these things come together in a certain way. And you'll get to taste the broth here Mm -hmm. that is a lot more complex in a second.
0: Because you added more stuff to that broth. Uh huh. Okay.
1: Way more complicated. from a layperson's perspective, but the broth is so much more complex. Mm-hmm. But before we do that one, let's do the the another one of my favorite beans, the Flor de Mayo.
0: From the base.
1: This is from the Mexican bean pot, which is a clay pot. And it is so good. So these were cooked um, sort of a traditional Mexican way. So with an onion and a chili. Mm-hmm. So there's an onion in this broth and a very mild dried chili, which I'll try not to get for you. But you'll see there's a difference in that broth Thank
0: than you. the other one
1: because of the onion and the chili.
0: Are these, I'm sorry, what were the beans again?
1: These are Flor de Mayo beans.
0: They're so pretty. The Mayflower bean, yeah. They look more complex than the Pinto bean. Way more. Mm-hmm. Way more. And they're almost firmer too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You can cook them longer and they'd
1: mm-hmm. be a little bit more tender. But I don't want I don't like them to to split and break down and make the broth starchy. Mm-hmm. So I hold them, hold them back. But they're still creamy and tender. But they're richly flavored and they have a round flavor.
0: I never knew that. I
1: would love the bean broth. So good. hmm Yeah. And so that one's just onion, also a bay leaf, but onion and a guajillo chili.
0: Wow. Like the floating bits in here. Mm-hmm.
1: If you see any red floating mm-hmm. bits, that's the guajillo. Wow. And that's the bean that was in the huge bag, the 40-pound bag that you saw in there. So you remember yeah. how pretty mm-hmm. those beans were. They're so pretty.
0: How do you order your beans then? Or do you go buy them in the store? Um, there's... Like, how do we get beans like this then?
1: Well, I don't know how you're going to get Florida Mayo beans. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just bought the farmer's crop of those. Mm-hmm. But... um.
0: How can most of us get good quality beans?
1: Okay, so there's a good there's a couple of good bean purveyors that are in markets
0: mm-hmm.
1: locally. Um, there's a brand called Colaris, which I think is an Italian brand, and they their beans are really high quality,
0: mm-hmm.
1: fresh, really good taste. And we can beans.
0: find it in most supermarkets then. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I don't know about most supermarkets, but um, I get them here. I don't order for them; I just buy them in the markets, mm-hmm. and they have a nice wide variety of beans that they they source and package. And then there's a company, I think based in Idaho or Montana called Zursen, And they have a lot of great beans too. And they're in some markets, but not as many. And you can always ask your grocery store, can you source me these beans? Can mm-hmm. you get these on your shelf? And if they work with a distributor who carries them, then they will, or they might, they should. Otherwise, Outside of those two brands, you kind of have to really work. So you can order online. There's, um, well, we already talked about the Rancho Gordo company up in Napa. Mm -hmm. They're easy to get their beans shipped to you. There's also one that's even, uh, that's also in California in the Central Valley called Yano Seco. And they have a a more limited variety of beans because they grow all their beans. Mm -hmm. Whereas Rancho Gordo works with growers. And Yano Seco grows their beans and they're delicious too. They have a smaller supply, but you can, you can still buy them by the 10 pound bag. Mm-hmm. So you can get a good number of them. And they're all, all the beans you're gonna find from these companies are all heirloom quality.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're so delicious. Because mm-hmm. like, as an American, you mostly think black pinto or the garbanzo, but...
1: Right, so think about those mm-hmm. beans that you see in the supermarket. And remember in the last episode, we were talking about intent. One of the reasons though you see those beans around is mm-hmm. that those plants, are vigorous producers mm-hmm. of beans. Like the Pinto bean bush, I mean, it's beans galore. Mm-hmm. These heirloom varieties haven't necessarily been selected for crop yield. And so, like the Good Mother Stollard, mm-hmm. um, some of the growers that I heard, heard about that bean, like their yield is insanely low. Mm-hmm. It's hard for them to even make any money off of that crop. Um, so that plays into what's your what's available at the supermarket.
0: Oh, sorry, one minute. That's okay. So Does
1: that make sense? Yeah. Cuz if it's really easy to produce a lot and get it out to the markets, then they then that's what food companies will do. Mhm. Cuz they don't care if you're going to
0: like it. They just want you to buy it. So eating I mean this seems so like possible to do like but eating a different kind of bean will add a different kind of, like, nutrient, right?
1: Well, I don't, I don't know the science behind the different types of beans mm-hmm. and what they have. But if they work like other plants, then, yeah, it'll be slightly different from mm-hmm. one to the other. And certainly the size of the bean matters. So you're about to taste scarlet runners, which are really huge. So you're getting a lot more of the starch in that bean, for mm-hmm. example. and it, it You'll taste it. It's a sweeter, starchier bean.
0: Because it seems like something that we could all do. Like, I didn't know the broth could be so delicious. So good. Like, you said it last time, and I thought, okay, bean nerd. You <laughs> yeah, know? Totally. <laughs> but now I believe it. Yeah. I'm on your, like, bean bus.
1: Oh, uh, I'm glad. Most people are snoozing by now. But <laughs> try this it one. It's so easy. So, yeah, I think... I think there's going to be variation in the nutritional levels and, and specifics from bean to bean, mm-hmm. but it's still a bean with lots of protein. So And then you can work to, or you can experiment. Wow, to find that's the, a big bean. Yeah. They are um, It's like a big beetle. <laughs> well, if you like insects. <laughs> so this broth is way more complica- complicated, complicated. And it's a kombu broth, which is great because it has a whole bunch of mineral content Mm -hmm. from the kelp in the broth. So how
0: many kombus do you add to this? Just a sheet, or not a sheet, just
1: a strip. Um, And it gives a little more umami richness to the broth.
0: I love the kombu broth.
1: Yeah, it's good. Well, there's also onion, carrot, garlic, Mm -hmm. um, olive oil, bay leaf.
0: This bean is delicious, and it's so big. It's like Mm -hmm. almost half the size of my teaspoon, but... Yeah, it tastes saltier too. The bean itself.
1: Oh well, I probably made it. I probably made the broth saltier. I like it. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Wow. It's a favorite too because it's it's dramatic. People are like,
0: "Whoa, look at that
1: thing!" This soup is delicious. Oh. So you're calling it a soup? Mm-hmm. It's not really. It's just bean broth.
0: broth and kombu, right? Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: You want that for the mineral content anyway. Mm-hmm. Like that's another thing that you would add with a bay leaf if you're not going to do anything. Just slap a thing, a strip of kombu in there. Same thing if you're making vegetable stock.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Slip a strip of kombu in there for all that extra mineral action and a little umami.
0: Yeah, it really kind of gives you like a good bean gives you like almost like the sensation of meat, you know?
1: It does, especially these bigger ones. Yeah. And these are sweet. So they're pleasantly sweet for everybody likes them. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only real one there's only really one drawback of the and Scarlet the good Runner.
0: chew because the outside is kind of hard
1: yeah that's mm-hmm. the thick skin so that's the only drawback so a lot of people don't like it you a,
0: chew for health exactly so it's stuck in your throat
1: <laughs> there you go
0: wow you know Jonathan, this is so fun and so pleasant i just want to say you're like the grandmother i never had
1: that's <laughs> <laughs> i'll take that as a compliment because that's what i want my food to be i want it to be the food of grandmas.
0: Thank you so much. And you've like pushed me beyond my boundaries. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Thank you. This is super fun.
0: Thanks for listening to Lost or Found. Please subscribe and follow Dr. Michelle Choi on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. For more information, visit our website, drlostorfound.com.